Shout out to Chargers Unleashed, Sebastian Joseph. They know the vibes. We outside. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by BUSR, Charger Bolt Family, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, we hmm. felt good coming out of the joint practices with the Cowboys last week, you know. Thought we could carry some good momentum that we had in the, in the first preseason games against the Rams. We definitely pointed out things that we wanted to see improve. And, you <laughs> know, not starting well, you know, let's just say for lack of better word, none of that happened. None of that happened. Um, the Chargers had a rough second preseason game and we sit here today four days away from the third and final preseason games with unfortunately more questions than we have answers. Still a lot of positions uh, up for grabs when we're coming closer to the 53 man roster. Um, And some injury concerns, Dan, that we really, really don't like at this part of the season coming up to the regular season week one matchup against the Raiders. Not the best type of vibes, especially in the Chargers Twitter sphere this weekend. Um, And it didn't get much better today after hearing some of the news from Brandon Staley and uh, some of the things that we hoped that we would get uh, wrapped up heading into the third preseason game. But here we stand. I have a feeling, Jake, this might be one of those optimistic, pessimistic episodes because the vibe you're giving me is like the, the world is crashing down on Chargers Twitter. Why you got to bury the lead like that and <laughs> spoil the surprise? Because everyone would be surprised that you would be the pessimist and I'd be the optimist. Now, look, um, obviously, we're going to get into the 32 to 18. Uh, I don't want to call it beat down. Let's just call it loss. Uh, to the Dallas Cowboys, two special teams touchdowns really left a bad loss. taste. Call it what it is. All it was right. a humiliating loss. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Starting us off with a bang. Uh, we're going to get into the press conferences afterwards. Mostly uh, a disgruntled and a discouraged, I shouldn't say discouraged, but an upset, disappointed Brandon Staley post-game. Rightfully so. Uh, we had uh, some good news on the injury front. Also had some bad news on the injury front, which we will talk through. Uh, but... You know, Jake, I, I got to ask, like, over under how many special teams touchdowns we thought we'd be giving up this preseason. And if I were to tell you before preseason, like, 0. 0.5, you probably would have been, like, better well be under. I mean, I don't know. You would have said three games, better be under. I mean, yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say it better be under. It's never something that you want to see give up. Let's just... Let's just be thankful if we're looking at one silver lining of this, that we are still in the preseason um, because that was just flat embarrassing. I hope Ryan Fitkin is going to hold this over the team's heads, not just for this week, but many weeks to come. And a nice little cameo coming in here on Chargers Unleashed. A little late. Oh, she was scared of that one. She's not used to the microphone. She's like, ooh, what is this? Um, She was watching... (laughs) 
Uh, see, she's upset. She, she is totally like... upset about the Chargers' loss as well. She wants nothing to do with this conversation. She is she is virtually, Dan, the physical embodiment of Chargers' Twitter over the last three days. That could not have gone any better. A- Avery just killed it with that. Oh, man. I'll say, she was so excited. She was watching the Chargers um, with me on Saturday night. And, you know, she's doing tummy time. She's all excited. And you know what? Like, it just went from exciting. She looked, she looked back at you and she said, and this is the this team is that you're trying to get me to root for? <laughs> the hell's wrong with you, Dad? Totally. Okay, but anyways, over, under. We would have hoped for the under. However, Chargers obviously went on the over. If you had that bet with the USR, you probably made some money. Uh, hedging feelings, if you will, if you're a Chargers fan. But uh, Jake, let's pay the bills real quick. BUSR, let's talk about it. Yeah, so if you guys aren't familiar with them yet, BUSR, BetUS Racing, or BUSR uh, for short, is one of the largest and most popular sports and race books in the United States. One of the leading platforms uh, for what they have going on. Plenty to bet on. If you are an avid sports better, they have it all. And right now, uh, they are giving 100% bonus on your first deposit from $1 up to 1000 plus 25 casino chips. They will match that bonus 100% of your first deposits. For any new users and accounts that come in to sign up, they will be equal to that $1,000 max. So head on over to BUSR. Uh, find yourself some sporting events because, of course, with the NFL coming up, Man, if you were betting on the MMA fights last week, you probably enjoyed yourself watching some of those. But uh, definitely with all the sporting events that we have coming up here in the next several weeks, especially with the NFL getting underway, head on over to BUSR, tell them Chargers Unleashed sent you, and get that uh, nice 100 bonus for any new users. Um, it feels like it's one of those 401k matching that companies give you. where A little bit. little it's, bit. It's free money. BSR is literally giving you up to $1,000 if you want to match it. To go have some fun. So Pretty go much. check out BUSR. Links in the description. All right, Jake, let's just get into it. So Chargers go into the game feeling pretty good. We found out that Lohi Gilman wasn't playing. We found out that Nazir Adderley wasn't playing. Mark um, Webb wasn't playing. Mark there was plenty Webb of people looked- that weren't playing. Yes. Um, I don't think that there was any surprises of people that we, up Nazir- until last week, that we didn't think that were going to be playing or there were any surprise people that were playing. No. I think everything was right on the money. Other than Nazir Adderley, who played week one, didn't play week two. I think that was didn't only to healthy. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, so Chargers started off pretty good. Eats and Sticks started off pretty good. And then, I mean, look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call what you want. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> this this episode is going about as well. <laughs> That's the Chargers Cowboys Look, game. Dan kind of already spoiled it. Okay, but it, it, let's just take a look at the watch here. If anybody had the over under uh, as August twenty second to when you would finally be seeing the the sights of pessimistic Jake returning to this show, um, here we go. So, if you're not familiar with pessimistic Jake, uh, you know, welcome. You may not like what I have to say during this show. For those of you who have not seen this side of Jay Catherine before, you may actually be amused for what I have to say and possibly agree with me. So one side of the coin or the other, um, I'm just going to tell it like it is and, and, and what I was watching during the game. Dan, of course, is 
This has always been the dynamic of this show. You normally doesn't happen until regular season games when the Chargers either win or lose. And Dan is the the other side of this coin. So this should be an entertaining 30 minutes or so about what we're about to get into. <sighs> okay. So let's just let's just kick it off, Jake. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you you vent for a second here. Oh no no please please I will <laughs> vent when needed, Dan. So your your optimism, okay, is a good attempt to keep me grounded. Okay, I don't know if this is a hot take. I don't know if this is optimism, but I think this is just rational thought here for a sec. So Brandon Staley went into preseason telling everyone what his <laughs> goals were of preseason. You know, he wanted to evaluate the players that still needed to prove themselves, right? And keep folks healthy. That was kind of the thing and make the team as best as they could so they could turn the roster effectively. So one could argue that when you're seeing a player or players who are not performing, there's only going to be 53 guys on the roster. And currently there's 85, I guess technically there's 83, although because now I think they got rid of a kicker. And as one other person, I think they got rid of. It was but, a guard today, offensive a, lineman. But look, the Chargers literally still have 29 more guys they have to cut. And some of those you saw have poor performances on Sunday, on Saturday, excuse me. This is kind of what we expected in the sense of Players who do not perform well, who do not prove themselves, will get cut. Now, we hope that that is actually truth, and we see the players that did not do well get cut, and we see the players that do well make the team, <clears throat> Michael Bandy. But there were certain guys that we saw, i.e. on the offensive line, i.e. in the secondary, i.e. on defense up in the trenches, i.e. on special teams that just didn't perform well and didn't take the opportunity and make the best of it. And in fact, kind of made the worst of it. So in a way it's kind of making this chargers team and the roster building or trimming easier. So if we just take a quick look, let's just get into it. Some guys had bad days and we all have bad days. So this is not us crap talking players or coaches, but people had bad days. Uh, Dean Leonard, bad day. I would say Brandon Sebastian, bad day. I would say some of the offensive linemen, especially the tackles, bad day. I didn't hear anything from Jerry Tillery again. Folks had bad days. Wide receivers, Jason Moore had a bad day. A lot of times, Jake, when you're looking for a roster that's trying to get trimmed down to 53 when it's this heavy, those are the things that can make or break you making the roster. And I fully believe that we will see some of those guys gone by this by this time Tuesday. Because I think they have to trim it down from 85 to 80 yep. on Tuesday. So don't be surprised if you, some, if you see some of those names. Now, again, it makes it easier to trim down when guys don't perform. But like, I think the thing that probably frustrated Chargers fans the most, and you tell me if I'm off here, is that it, it kind of brought up like those like, bleh, like feelings that we've had from years past. 
like, oh, shit, here we go again with the special teams. Or here we go again, we can't run. Here we go again, we can't stop the run. We did do well on penalties, so I'll give them that. <laughs> <laughs> but this like, is why you're the optimist. But like, it, it felt like it had old vibes. And for as much as I get it, I think if you look at it in totality and in isolation, I think you could see specific players or specific plays that caused those. So that's kind of my overarching view. Yes, there was some crap that happened and it wasn't fun to watch. But also that's kind of necessary and it's going to make the job easier for the coaching staff to trim the fat, if you will. That's an expression. Like, it sucked. We didn't get to see much from the running backs. Half of that is because we didn't really get to see our offensive line Julie do anything good. And that in turn affected the running backs. Um, saw a lot of missed throws, saw a lot of drops, saw more missed tackles. And so it was a whole kind of, I, I get it. But again, like it's preseason. The goal of the game is not to win the game. The goal of this is to evaluate talent and make decisions accordingly. And so if, I'm getting off my soapbox with a sentence. If Brandon Staley and team are evaluating talent appropriately, then I'm okay with it. But like, if they don't, if they keep people on the team that shouldn't be, then you got some problems. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk Here about it. Here we go. Here Let's we go. Talk. Let's talk about it. You have popcorn. The best thing about this entire game, Dan, one of the few things is that it was a preseason game. Okay? Now, what we saw from the Rams game in preseason game number one and what we wanted to see build to the next week, to this past game against the Cowboys, obviously it wasn't, it wasn't flawless, but there were definitely a lot more good things that took place in week one than there was in week two by a landslide. Week two, to me, if you really want to just take out the very few good pieces, okay, it was more individual performances as opposed to as a group and what they were able to do for the team. So Josh Palmer, no surprise what he was able to do. A lot of people were bummed that he wasn't involved that much in the offense in the week one scenario because you had Chase Daniel that unfortunately just wasn't able to get him the ball in that week one. He finally started getting more involved in the offense in this game, had a beautiful 18-yard screen pass for a touchdown, and then his night was done. Unfortunately, right now he's in concussion protocol, so hopefully mm. I wouldn't have expected him to be playing in the final preseason game anyways, but hopefully he will just be rested and ready to go come week, come week one against the Raiders. Michael Bandy, for the love of God, is making every damn case as to why the Chargers should be keeping a wide receiver six on this team. And I don't care if he can do the same things as other wide receivers of this group and that it may seem like a wasted space when you need talent elsewhere. These are the type of guys that have consistently contributed and not just through two preseason games, Dan, we're talking about on a regular basis through training camp, what you and I have personally witnessed. That is a consistent producer. That is someone who wants it and who is doing his best to earn his spot on this roster. Zion Johnson, there were a few good individual reps from him. 
other than that, and maybe with a couple other people, you had one play here, one play here. That is about nil. What I thought was hilarious, Dan, is that literally in the beginning of the game and just before halftime came up, they Dan Fouts is talking about the coach's points as far as what Brandon Staley wanted to evaluate in this game. And this it was <laughs> evaluate the run defense, correct the missed tackles, and evaluate special teams specifically at the gunner position. And literally every one of those bullet points by the time halftime came along had completely failed just by halftime. And I'm not even talking about the interception by Easton Stick. I'm not even talking about the strip fumble by Easton Stick. Literally everything that you could hope not to see in four quarters of a Chargers game happened in two quarters. So what just before halftime. So I'm gonna let you finish, but like what does what does that say? Like honestly. So <laughs> I mean What it, what what does it say? I don't know, Dan. I what 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 my eye test was telling me is that the Cowboys were owning the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They were making tackles, believe it or not. Whenever our wide receivers were catching the ball, their guys were right there to make a play. By the way, there, is he Mukwamu? I knew you were very happy about that. One <laughs> it of the first, sucks to the Chargers. One of the coverage. first one of the first player guests we've had on that show, and I know that that just jab the knife into mm. your ribs a little bit when you got to see him play. But uh, I, I don't know what it is to say, Dan. I mean, obviously, again, you you think about this in the grand scheme of things. It's, it's a preseason game and trying not to have too many people overreact. But at the same time, you know, we all have to be conscious. These are not your starters playing. But Dan, this is coming off of a training camp where you and I were even saying it as far as talking about the depth of this team. And when you see depth pieces like this happening, and when you see repeat mistakes from one week to the next week, and we're talking about guys that are trying to make this roster and essentially be the insurance when, God forbid, injuries happen, and they will, and they they will, unfortunately, these are the guys that you would expect when that moment comes, you need them to step up. So when we're looking at trends here you know it's one thing if it's just if it's a bad week or a bad day but you see trends here now consecutively for two weeks some of whom for the same exact player making some of the same mistakes yeah that's when your eyebrows have to get raised a little bit and when it comes down to cut time god just don't don't make the mistake of sacrificing getting more bodies in for the better hopes of possibly getting better play at that position over someone who has consistently contributed and earned it. Just don't do that. Yes. Now that's kind of where I wanted to go with this is, you know, what to make of this. And I think that people are kind of, blending two conversations together and some of it, it and the two points are like which end is like it, the individual or individuals who are consistently making the mistakes 
and are put in opportunity to succeed, but do not versus like team trends, team philosophy, team uh, disappointment, if you will. So like, for example, uh, we saw players who did not play well in week one. We hope they play well week two. When I heard Staley talk about those three things that were most important to him to look for during that game. In my mind, when I heard that, I immediately thought, all right, which players play those positions? Which players does that mean that they are focusing on with cuts? And so when I think gunners, like think about who was a gunner. Dean Leonard was a gunner. Dean Leonard also is on special teams and other positions. Also, it was in the secondary. He made the same mistakes he made a week ago. Made a horrible mistake on special teams, directly impacting a punt return for a touchdown. Special teams is where folks make their money. And if Brandon Sebastian, Dean Leonard, Jazir Taylor, Larry Roundtree, Joshua Kelly, like all, all these guys, like they have to perform there. And the ones who do not there are not making this team. They're just not. And so, like, I saw that as Brandon Staley, like, putting out a siren. Like, if you see these guys do well, good for them. But if not, watch out. I mean, I definitely liked, I appreciated Brandon Staley's response. I thought he did it in a very professional yet direct way when just looking at the full body of work. Obviously, he wasn't happy. None of us were happy to see that type of performance. And it, it was basically almost kind of a shot across the proverbial bow to say, look, we need people who can perform was, was virtually his message. And these are opportunities that young guys, especially guys that are trying to get those last four or five roster spots and make their living on special teams to make the 53, that's where it has to be done. And again, it's not just from a special team standpoint. I don't want to take that away from anything else as far as the actual individual positions that they play. But still, for some of these young guys, for some of these depth pieces that you're trying to fill out the back end of this roster, that's where it's done. So I don't know, Dan. I, I really, I really don't know. And you have now one game left to evaluate this on top of some veteran players that still have not gotten much of a chance to play. I'm I'm now speaking of the Alohi Gilmans, the Mark Webbs, who both didn't play in, in Saturday's preseason game. I'm very worried about Mark Webb because he has not played in both preseason games as of yet. And they say for both he and Alohi that there is an outside chance of them playing for this Friday. It's very questionable as how it was placed in Brandon Staley's uh, press conference today. So it's very unfortunate for a guy who has gained that much praise from this coaching staff. So you just kind of think in the back of your head where a few weeks ago, we would probably consider him a slam dunk. It may not be that way anymore. And you just think, okay, well, who's going to step up to take that place? And when you think about the rest of the safety group, you really haven't seen anything yet. Long and the short of my long-winded response here, Dan, is that we were left with so many more questions than we had answers. I really hope, I really hoped that there was going to be 
separation at certain positions where you'd start to stay, you would sit here today and say, okay, this person has the edge for that roster spot at this position group. Now, we've already kind of gotten that. Michael Bandy obviously has taken the lead at wide receiver six from the indications from practice today, as Daniel Popper reported out, that Trey Pipkins took all of the first team reps at right tackle today. So that could be an early indicator that he is going to be the right tackle come week one. Brandon Staley did allude to the fact that they will have a decision on right tackle soon. Yes, Yes, and and that very well may be it. They have been him and Storm Norton have been going back and forth uh, with practice reps, even through uh, the first two preseason games in terms of altering, and they've both had the virtually the same amount of in-game reps. And to their credit, both of them have actually performed pretty on an even keel. But Dan, just the other roster spots, man, some of the other offensive linemen that are going to be crucial depth behind your starters on this team, especially in the secondary when we're talking not only corner, but safety as well. You were hoping for a little bit more separation given what you saw in week one. And I just don't know what that's going to be now. I really don't know what these next four days of practice in the final preseason game are going to have. And And the thing that really was tipped off, obviously, Tom Telesco was in the booth and he did acknowledge that the Chargers are going to keep, like, once again, three quarterbacks. I don't personally agree with it. I know others don't. I understand that they have a rationale for how they want to do it. I'm just not one of those people that agrees with that philosophy, given what your team makeup is right now. And then we hear the news on Isaiah Spiller because, unfortunately, he got an ankle injury in this past game. And there is now questions that he may not even be ready for week one, which now leads me to believe that that's going to force the Chargers' hands in keeping four running backs at least through the first week of the regular season, which is then going to sacrifice a roster spot elsewhere. So I'm not going to, I'm, yes, I'm not going to lie, Dan. I really don't know what these next four days are going to be and have in store for this roster. And I think at the very least, it's made the decisions for this coaching group very tough and not in a good way come Friday as far as some people that they're going to have to let go and who they're going to decide to keep based off of overall play kind of makes you nervous. It does. It does. Um, let's just get into kind of like the the folks of the hot seat. Right again. This this is not us throwing shade at players. This is us just purely based on what our eyes showed us and what we've seen, kind of from folks covering the team. Um, offensive line, Jake. We talked about. You know, <laughs> it seemed like both quarterbacks, but probably more so Chase Daniel, was like fighting for his life. And you saw guys like Foster Sorrell. You saw guys like Zach Bailey. Uh, I think Will Clapp was also in there a bit. Ryan Hunter had a rough night. Ryan Hunter, like Will Klopp actually, for the record, gave up zero pressures. So it it, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't. It wasn't. He the also best. gave. He also had zero lanes for run blocking. Right. The, the, the running game as a collective unit, the offensive line was not able to do anything. When Easton Stick is your leading rusher with twenty four yards, you have a problem. Yes. So offensive line, that was the issue. Um, you'll probably see some guys miss the cut in that side. Um, the one thing that I noticed, Jake, 
and we didn't really even get into like specifics. Like Chargers gave up two special teams touchdowns. They had a strip fumble from Easton Stick. They also had interception that Easton Stick had. Um, the offense, other than really Josh Palmer and Michael Bandy, that was kind of there, it. Like there he, wasn't much to get excited about. Easton Stick kind of had an up and down game. I personally, I thought Easton Stick actually looked pretty good in the pocket. I know some folks might disagree with that. I thought he did pretty good, all things considered. Yes, there were some negative plays, obviously, but his ability to kind of step up in the pocket, that was good. Um, but that was kind of it for offense. Um, on defense, <sighs> like Chris Rumpf had a play. It, it, then, well, I mean, it, he picked up, I thought, right where he left off. And we all know that his roster spot is virtually secure. So it's good to see the jump that he's made from year one to year two. You can obviously see that in his uh, his size that he has put on and to me, he's been a guy that has consistently been getting better throughout training camp practices and has been evident through these first two games during preseason. So that that shouldn't be a surprise. So I, I we're all expecting him to be that edge four, edge three, whatever it is that you want to deem him as based on the other players on this roster. So so that was good. Again, it's 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 just it's it's one. And if that was his I don't think that was his only series that he was out there where he had that nice tackle for a loss, but still it's just like you're, you're slowly building on that consistency. Once again, getting toward the regular season. Yep. Um, receivers again, this is another one where you'll be able to see kind of stark differences. Um, for example, Michael Bandy and Josh Palmer combined went 12 targets, 11 receptions for roughly 150 yards and two touchdowns between those two eight for eight, eight targets, eight receptions to Michael Bandy, four targets, three receptions for Josh Palmer. Each of them have a touchdown. Jason Moore, on the other hand, Jake, do you know that he, he tied for the lead in targets with Michael Bandy. Each of them had eight targets. Jason Moore had just two catches. That's a 25% reception percentage. I mean, the, the one, the one pass that I thought would, that should have been academic catch for him. It wasn't, let's, let's just say the throw could have been better to that. It didn't require him to jump up to grab it, but that's still a catch that he should have came down with and not bobbled before the defender came up and walloped him in the back. Um, so that could have been a, a difference in Keenan Allen makes that catch. Yes. Yes. Mike, Mike Williams probably makes that catch. Yes. The touchdown that he dropped? No bueno. Uh, so you're looking for like efficiency, right? Like there is a perfect example of very efficient. Michael Bainey, Josh Palmer, not efficient. Even when they're force fed the ball, Jason Moore. Um, another guy, he kind of had a couple splash plays. Trevon Bradford, undrafted free agent. Uh, I think it was Oregon State is where he's from. It looked good in moderation. Like it looked good in small sample size. But I also like we're talking Michael Bandy as wide receiver six. Not a chance in hell. Trevon Brad- Bradford jumps Michael Bandy. I just don't see how it happens. So another guy that could possibly get cut. One thing that was interesting, Jake. Did you hear Brandon Staley say none of the four running backs played well? I heard him say it, and it was valid, whether we're talking about Kelly, Roundtree, Marks, or Brown. That's accurate. The, the Chargers see, running game got shut down. Was it their fault? 
I guess that's my question. No, it's a two, it's a two piece. It's a two piece. Obviously, you got you have to have running lanes open to there was nothing <laughs> to go through. So yes, I mean it's it's always a collaborative effort. I mean even LT says that he would never have broken all those rushing records if he didn't have those offensive linemen blocking in front of him. I get it, but Dan, at the same time, you know, I mean, what do you want? <laughs> we're, we're, again, we're talking about a group of individuals here that are fighting for roster spots. So if it's not going to happen in the running game, where else is it going to happen for them? These, th- these other dudes still do play special teams. Let's not forget that. It's not like they're just out there in the offense. So find a way to make a play. True. Um, one guy on defense, Jake, I think folks were calling out. You saw a lot of, uh, and also you saw a lot of him on the field. Uh, Brandon Sebastian, on defense, undrafted free agent, I believe, out of Florida State. A uh, lot of playing time. Yeah. Didn't do great. Do you agree? It, it's again, it's the the two roughest or the, the two players at the last two weeks have been the roughest. On no question is Dean Leonard and Brandon Sebastian. No question. So those two guys, I think, are the hot seat. Um, you know, we really didn't get to see much in terms of really much pressure. Like, I think the only sack that the team got was Joe Gaziano, who, like, even he might miss the team. And he's actually performing pretty well. Uh, leading tackler was Brandon Sebastian, crazy enough, followed by Eamon. Uh, JT Woods was tied for third, I guess, with Nick Neiman and Carlo Kemp, each with three. Uh, Jamal Davis and Dan Lloyd, I thought, both played pretty good. Um but like there really wasn't much. Morgan Fox, I actually liked Morgan Fox yesterday on Saturday. He had that great run stop down by the goal yeah. line before the, the Cowboys ultimately ended up getting a touchdown. It was a great play by him. Jazir Taylor had a good day. Yes. Jazir Taylor had a good day. Jamal Davis had a good day. Obviously, we talked about Chris Rumpf having a good day. Uh, Gaziano had a good day. Cole Christensen actually had a pretty good day, too. Um, the one guy who's had actually a good day kind of back-to-back is... Uh, the linebacker, Jake, Tyreek Maddox-Williams. I don't think he makes the team just purely based on numbers, but, like, he's he's on pretty good. But, like, okay, enough of, like, I think what, what's frustrating is folks want to have, like, all the answers, and they want to have everything solved, and they want to have everything perfect with players who are not going to be on the team and players who literally are just not suited for NFL rosters. And they attribute that to the chargers are the same old chargers. The chargers have no depth. The Chargers' special team sucks. The chargers still can't win in a two minute drill. Like I just, I don't think that's the case. Like literally half the team that is going to be starting, that's going to be playing on this team is not even wearing cleats. And you're expecting these guys, roster positions 54 through 85, to blow your socks off. There's only going to be a couple Austin Ecklers in preseason. And like this preseason, I would say it's Fahoko, Jamal Davis, Michael Bandy, Damon Lloyd. Those are probably the four. But none of them got to the Austin Eckler, maybe Bandy, but even still, I don't think it's that. 
But like, you can't, some guys are going to suck. It's inevitable. Like, what do you expect? Like, is it fun to watch? No, but like, come on. Like, it's just, sometimes it grinds my gears. I see people just like ruthless about one player here, one player, then all of a sudden just like enveloping it to, oh, Chargers, same old Chargers. Like, I mean, no, and I totally understand who you're talking about, Dan. There, there are those Charger fans out there that literally hang on every single thing. Fire to let's go now. Yes, and think that the damn world has gone to shit, and that the the days are numbered, and that there's no point in even playing the regular season. That's how doom and gloom they are. Now, as pessimistic and upset as I sound, I have not even hit that level. Okay, so let's not get it twisted here. My frustration comes from the same things happening two weeks in a row that you would hope that would get corrected, that you would hope the coaching staff would go back, and I'm sure that they did, and try to pound these things into you know these young guys' heads to say, look, we have to correct this. We can't have these mistakes happening. And but if they don't... Uh, yes, again, the, the saving grace here is that it's preseason and these are depth guys. So again, eventually they're going to learn. Unfortunately, as some as much as some people would like to see it, roster spots 1 through 53 are not all going to be all pros. That's just not. It's not how the NFL works. And that's true for 32 teams that all have that damn problem. Unfortunately, I'm or. If you're a Dallas fan, you thought quite the opposite with your twos and threes, the way that they were out there performing. So you were you were hoping for a little bit of a performance like that. But Dan, this is what, again, really frustrates me and what worries me. It's going to be when roster cuts ultimately happen. You're worried and about like numbers 54 and 55. Yes, and, and I'm talking about if the coaching staff is going to evaluate this and evaluate it properly, who are the guys who have consistently contributed in camp guys that you have high expectations for guys that, you know, when you get into the regular season that are going to be rotating in every now and again, can step up and contribute the guys, it. guys that we have seen last year, do it guys that we've seen during this training camp do it have fought and earned a spot. And for other reasons, maybe from an aspect of injuries questions for the overall depth of the position, you can only keep so many. And some of these guys are going to be unfortunate cuts. And Dan, I feel like, you know, I don't, I don't like to go back to last year with a certain player that we saw cut, but this may be another one of those moments where come this time next week, we're not going to be happy with a certain name. I don't know who, and I'm not speculating on I, who. I I'm guarantee just, it. I'm just saying we're going to be unhappy with one or maybe two names that end up off of this 53-man roster next year. And that's what worries me. You know, it, it's it's tough because... I think if the Chargers keep three quarterbacks, like there goes one of them, which is probably going to happen. They're probably going to keep four running backs. So there's another one. Which, because there's possibly an issue going on with Isaiah Spiller, he is injured. I think it's an ankle situation. 
questionable for week one. We're not sure how long it's going to go. Good news is we still have like two and a half weeks until we get to that point. Yes. So there is time. You're in a little bit better of a situation at linebacker right now because we did have Kenneth Murray return to practice today, essentially, on Monday. He's obviously not going to play in this upcoming preseason game because he has a very quick ramp-up period that he needs to get on, and hopefully he's been having a lot of those mental reps so that he can be ready for the week one game against the Raiders. But guys like Damon Lloyd, Dan, that you and I have seen, he was second in the second on defense and tackles last week against the Rams, has definitely flashed consistently throughout practice. Agreed. And that is a position that I feel like you need some of the most insurance in. And then Mark Webb, Alohi Gilman, both injured. Your secondary depth just all of a sudden is very questionable. So as we, as we kind of wrap up, like I, I think the, the, the part that is, I want people to keep in perspective. I know I use that word a lot, but when we look at this Chargers team a year ago, Michael Davis, Asante Samuel Jr., we had Chris Harris Jr. We had Tavon Campbell. We had Keeman Hall. Was that it? I'm missing someone? For top five. Those are the top five guys. Chris Harris isn't there anymore. Michael Davis is now arguably CB two or four. Callahan three, so it's either two or four, depending on where you want to put Asante Samuel Jr. Devon Campbell now would probably be CB five on this team. Maybe six, depending on Keeman Hall, where folks see Jazir Taylor. Like, it's a very different team that we're looking at in secondary. So when you're seeing guys like Brandon Sebastian or Dean Leonard getting exposed or having mental mistakes or lapses, like, you're literally looking at the guy if he makes the roster is going to be cb6 or 7 that in order for you to see that player a whole bunch of guys before him have to go down and before that was like cb4 now you're back to like cb6 7 so like chill a little bit and since you are on this topic on this position dan there's one guy obviously that we haven't brought up J.C. Jackson right now has an undisclosed injury that just completely came out of nowhere. So we know he was in the facility today. We know that it, his absence from practice was injury-related, but we have no idea what it is. So He was, he was in the facility? He today? was in the facility. We do know that today. So hopefully it is, it is nothing serious. We know how Staley likes to treat injuries and be err more on the cautious side. And normally people people have been trying to connect the dots because obviously Staley had talked before practice today and they felt like if it was something serious that he would have brought that up when he had disclosed the other injuries, but it's still just, it doesn't make you feel easy, Dan, one of your biggest free agent signings and a guy who has definitely came to play during camp thus far, multiple, multiple times. This looked good. Obviously this, this was a catalyst to the reinvention of your secondary. And now look where we sit. Again, not trying to make any indications on what it could be. We could be sitting here tomorrow and the news could come out that it's, that it's nothing serious. And God help me, I hope it does. But it doesn't make you feel good about it, Dan. It doesn't make you feel good about it. I agree. I agree. And, I, and look, 
I don't think anybody is happy with the performance that we saw on Saturday, Brandon Staley included. Um, but like you said, there were some bright spots and this is kind of part of the process. And if you're going into it expecting the Chargers to, you know, I think I saw a bunch of people giving flack to Staley for deciding to have Easton stick, throw it to Larry Roundtree on like a fade route in the end zone on fourth down. I'm like, it's fourth down in a preseason game. They're evaluating those two players. Like that's what they're not trying to score a touchdown. They're trying to see if those two guys are trying to make team. If you look at it from the lens of every one of these plays is an opportunity for the coaching staff, for the management team, for the players to evaluate themselves. And then did they do well or not? That should be right on the wall. Now, I think what people are afraid of, and this is, I think alludes to what you're referring to is in years past, it has felt to many that folks who have earned spots have been passed up for guys who have less earned their spot, but have more, it felt like were given their spot due to either where they were picked, due to familiarity, due to folks uh, liking them personally. And so... You saw all through the offseason this year. Brain say kind of talks about like competition, competition, and people are gonna have to fight for their jobs here and it's they're gonna be, not gonna be comfortable anymore. If we see it again, I think that's where folks are gonna get pissed. So, like if we want to talk specifics here, I think the folks that people are very high on, Michael Bandy, obviously, Fahoko, I think is another name. Damon Lloyd is the third one. Jamal Davis is probably a fourth one. Those are probably the top four. So if any one of those four guys don't make this team, people are going to be pissed. And I can promise you, not all of them are going to make it. I shouldn't say I can promise you. I'm pretty damn sure that not all four of those guys are going to make it. There's just no. It's just really hard for those guys to make it when your roster is already set. But if you see guys like Jerry Tillery make it over them, who, according to our eyes and according to everything that we've seen at training camp and in preseason, has not outperformed some of these other guys, if he continues to make it, that's going to piss people off. I know the three quarterback thing is going to piss people off, but like just accept it. Accept it. Who, like, who else would you, are you, do you think that? Chargers fans are like, I swear if blank make this team over, I'm going to lose it. Other, we talked about Tillery. Sure. Like, who, sure. like what other guys on the team? Are you like, seriously? Fahoko to me has already solidified his spot and it's not even close. Agreed. It's not even close. Okay. I understand that Christian Covington, the veteran on this team at that same position, I know that he's trying to get his roster spot as well. We mentioned Joe Gaziano, whether it was this game or Dan, the first the first practice of training camp. He he ended up getting what was it? Uh, he was got an interception. Yeah, it was a pick six. It's just like Joe Gaziano, just really when you need to play, is a guy who who over the past you know couple of years that's been on this roster, he just He's, he may not be the most consistent, but he'll show up every now and again. But Brennan Fajoko, from the road that he has has had to go through and the improvements that he has made and the effort that he has put in, much like Michael Bandy, he's earned a spot. 
And for those of you who want to just go the analytic route, go to last year. And while the Chargers' porous run defense was absolutely horrible, Brennan Fajoko as an individual was one of the Chargers' best right run spot. defenders. And now he's trying to round his game into adding pass rushing elements to it. And his run blocking efficiency and stuffing its efficiency is still there. So to me, Dan, he should already be penciled in for the 53, much like Michael Bandy. I think Damon Lloyd is, is a little bit, to me, he rides a little bit more of the 50-50 spot where he's definitely shown out in practice. And again, what he did in the Rams game was very impressive. I was hoping that that was going to translate again in the Cowboys game. But to me, there's a little bit more insurance that is needed at that position. So he's one of those, you know, where it's just like, okay, Who's going to step up in here? And this was all a big question, obviously, with with Kenneth Murray and when Drew Tranquil was out. And you're like, okay, who's the guys that are going to match up with Troy Reader? We know we had Kyle Van Oy doing that for a period of time. But I truly believe that Van Oy is going to be one of these flex players that you're going to be rotating in between edge and inside linebacker. So who's going to be another guy that's going to step up in an emergency situation for, for that and to me, David Lloyd's been leading that. Jamal Davis is another one that we have watched and as 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 you know, as a Pass rusher, great strength, great build, great size for, for that position. And he's definitely flashed. So, yeah, these are the top four guys, in my opinion, if we're talking about final 53. And I do mention Mark Webb because I really liked Mark Webb coming out of college and what we Coaching saw from staff. him early last year before he went down with his injury. And, Dan, like you were just about to say, the the coaching the, – the coaches – had high praise for him as soon as we got training camp underway. And now here we are battling with another injury. Now, Mark Webb would be one of those where it would just be an absolute unfortunate situation because of the injury factor. It's not one of those that you could actually hang over the coach's standpoint. You would have to understand that at the end of the day, but you'd still hate to see it. So those five guys really are the ones that I'm rooting for that I think have done enough during training camp. A couple of them have done enough over the last couple of years and have earned their spot, in my opinion, and are contributing football players come Sunday. I know it may not be the biggest body of work, but again, these are the type of guys we're talking about here. The wide receiver six, your def- your interior defensive linemen say four, your your third or fourth safety, however you want to measure Mark Webb right now next to JT Woods, and then your inside linebacker four, your edge four, but just these are the guys that have really stood out head and shoulders to me above the rest of these guys during camp and uh, in the preseason games as well. As you kind of peel back the onion, if you will, uh, there's so many roster battles and positions and players specifically that you can get into. So like we haven't got into JT Woods. We haven't really got into the running back situation and who we're going to see in the third preseason. If there were four running backs, who would you want that to be? Like we're going to get into all that later in the week. Uh, but wanted to just kind of go through an overarching uh, hot topics of the weekend that was. Mm. Um, the JC Jackson injury anxiety level where are you at with that i'm kind of in the middle of the road you know i'm not really i'm i'm not going to speculate on on if it's something serious or not you, you would just you know th- these are this is the type of 
cryptic way that the Chargers have kind of gone about their business the last couple of years. And this is not even including Brandon Staley. This is in other coaching regimes as well. But you would just you'd hate for this to possibly either be something very serious or something that's going to keep him out for an extended period of time. Anytime, if we're being honest. Yes. <laughs> so I, I don't know, Dan. I'm still kind of middle of the road because something brings me back to it just to say to myself, if we were talking about injuries, at which Brandon Staley was before practice today, I would have felt like even if it was something serious, which again, with the rest of the guys, he has talked about whether it's a soft tissue issue or a groin injury, a hamstring injury, whatever it may be, he's disclosed that. So is it a good thing that it wasn't disclosed or is it a bad thing that it wasn't disclosed because they weren't sure at that point in time of what it was and it could be something more serious? I don't know. So I'm, I'm middle of the road. All I'm hoping for is that I don't know if he would end up, obviously he's not going to end up playing in the final preseason game, but I'd hope to see him out there practicing at some point this week. I don't know. Yeah. I do think like, you know, I don't know. You, you can speculate and you can read into all the tea leaves as much as you want and you can make connections on anything. But like I, the fact that he, you did not necessarily witness or see anything in particular where he got injured during training camp against the Cowboys like he looked pretty darn good against the Cowboys, nor did he play during preseason. So like if something were to happen in my eyes, either it was minor to where it wasn't talked about or it was off the field, but then off the field, who knows what that could be. So like, seen it, you've seen it happen with could players. have had bad next. You've too. seen it happen. <laughs> I, so I don't know. I don't know. So we'll get into more of that as we proceed. I believe the team has another press conference on a Wednesday, so we'll probably get more clarity then. But like we said at the top, more questions than answers, I think, came from from this last preseason game. Uh, we'll see. But, like, chill. I feel like, I feel like there's a house on fire with Chargers Twitter today, and all the negativity is just, like, raining down on everybody. But, like, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. Jake, anything else? There's been a lot of feelings in this episode. Anything else you want to tell uh, friends, family, Chargers Unleashed, LAFB Nation, before we head out of here for the evening? Just would expect a better game come this Friday against the Saints. Final opportunity for some of these young guys to make their case that they deserve a roster spot on the 53 or even the practice squad. So let's see what happens. I'm just at this point now, given what has happened over the last three days, uh, you know, week one kind of needs to hurry the hell up and get here already. <laughs> I could just, I would love to have been a fly on the wall, which maybe we'll see it on the next all in episode after this preseason game to hear it. Staley had to say, you to know, the team. That, that was not pretty. No, you know that that could not have been pretty. No, so uh, for folks who have not gone and seen it, All In, episode one is out now. Go ahead and check it out. It's fantastic. Uh, for folks who have not seen the Manti Teo thing on Netflix, highly recommend. So unfortunate. That, that, that guy got such a bad rap. Uh, I feel bad for him, but it seems like he's kind of in a good place now. Um, if you want any of the LAFB swag, 
Go to LAFE Network. Go to the shop. Get 25% off. Use the code Unleashed. CDM. It kind of got you too, dude. Look, I can't even. You you can't even. You you can't even sign off with your usual optimism now, man. Look at you. You're just Ah. you're you're pausing, thinking, "Did I forget anything? Did I forget anything?" I know. Damn, was Jake right again? I have no idea. (laughs) Jake Hefner and his happy-go-lucky thoughts. You can find him at Jake T Hefner. Myself and my optimism. You can find it dwindling at Dan W Sports tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, Jake, love your optimism on the show. Well done. The the little tidbits that there are. It was good. You made me smile, and that's what matters. Uh, For Jake Hafner, Dan Wilkinson here with LAFB Network and Chargers Unleashed, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.